Amen and amen and amen. High five your neighbor as you're seated in the house of God today. Isn't God good? Before I get started, I just want to, uh, today at 5 o'clock, is that right, the shower? 3 o'clock, I'm sorry, 3 o'clock, there will be a shower for Pastor Corbin and his future bride, Miss Hannah. She's hiding back there so I can see her. I want to encourage all of you to be here and uh, thank God for them. I just, uh, we're so blessed to have them in this house and I want us to bless them. Amen? Amen. So, give honor where honor is due. I want to speak to you this morning about something that really stirred this past Wednesday night in our class. We had just a uh, phenomenal class Wednesday night. I, uh, if you were not here, uh, you missed it. It, it was a good class, and it was a good time in the Lord. The, the, the presence of God was just so manifest in our adult class this past Wednesday night, and uh, we're going to continue and believe God this next week. Uh, he's laying a series on my heart that I'll be presenting to you this Wednesday. But I want to talk to you this morning about the middle. You've heard me often say and make the statement that our praise in the middle directly correlates with our joy in the morning. You've heard me say that time and again, and we... We talk about having a praise in the middle. We talk about worshiping in the middle when it's the midnight hour, in the middle of the night, and in the middle of the storm, in the middle of, uh, of whatever it is we're facing. But I want to talk to you this morning, just for a brief moment, about the middle. In Luke chapter 24, I'm going to read several verses to you, and that's why I let you be seated. I'm going to begin with verse 13. And uh, I'm going to skip around in this chapter, but we're picking up here on, on the Sunday when the, the ladies have went to the grave and they found that, that Jesus wasn't there and they went back and reported to the disciples. And, and, and these are a couple of the followers of Christ who, who have left and they're traveling on the road to Emmaus. They're, they're going to Cleopas' house and, and they're walking along and... Let's, let's pick it up here in verse 13. Now, that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus. About seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Now folks, I'm going to stop right there for just a minute. You better be careful what you talk about. It's going to show up. And here they're walking along and they're discussing the events that had just happened and Jesus shows up. And, and, and I'm going to skip down in just a minute, but let me fill you in. As they're walking and discussing and Jesus shows up, He says, what are you talking about? And they look at like, who are you? Where are you from? What planet did you come from? Do you not know what happened? Jesus was crucified. And they begin discussing and they're not discussing Him as the Messiah. They're talking about Him being a prophet. They're, they're, they're thinking that whom, whom they thought was going to be the Messiah is now gone, and, and they don't know what they've done with his body. They, they've taken it, it's gone, it's disappeared, and, and he's just not there. And then Jesus, he begins to, to scold them, if you will. He starts all the way back with Moses, it tells us, and he talks about all the prophets have said, and, and then he looks at the two disciples, and, and he says, you, don't you realize that, that the Messiah had to go through this for prophecy to be fulfilled? And then they get close to the village, and let's pick up here. In verse 28, it says, As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if. Jesus 
In one version says, acted as if he were going on or going further. But they urged him strongly. Urged him strongly. One version, and one translation uses the word right there, they constrained him. How hungry are you? How much? Oh, I better keep going. I'll start preaching there. (laughs) But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While he talked with us on the road and opened scripture to us. Were not our hearts burning Within us. Jesus acted as if. Have you ever been in one of those moments and phases in life, and those times in life where it feels like God is just leaving you? It feels like God is just going to keep on moving, and you're sitting there going. And you're looking, am I the only one in the house? I need some real folk in here. Have I got any real people in the house? You've been there, and it just feels like he's going on. You see, more than likely, some of those moments that that feels like that he's going to continue going, he is creating a desire inside of you. Oh, that if you will draw near to him, if you will draw nigh unto him, that he's going to draw nigh unto you. In James chapter four, verse eight tells us he 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 he's going to he he acts as if he's keeping going to keep going to see if we're hungry, to see if we want him, to see if we will go after him. Because it says if we will draw nigh, if we will constrain, if we will go after, then he's going to be there with us. You see, what I believe right here is God is trying to set your faith free from I got to fill it. I gotta have it. I just don't want to feel a, a goosebump when we sing about the cross has the final word. I don't just want to feel it. God, I gotta have you. I gotta have you. Kind of like when you were dating your spouse. I gotta have you, baby. You the one for me, baby. I you on the phone 24-7 and come on now. That's what he's testing to see. I got to have you. I want you. Wow. And it says, as if. Look at your neighbor and say, as if. You know, folks, the next time you feel as as the adversary mm, is telling you that, that, that God has abandoned you, some of you just need to get a little bit of attitude. You need to look at him in your best teenage girl voice and put your hand on your head and go, as if. Have you ever raised anybody? Anyway, if you've ever raised a teenage daughter, you know what I'm talking about. You need to look at him as if. As if he would leave me. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. He said he would never abandon me. He said he would never forsake me. He said that he, he, he won't stop what he has started, folks. He will not leave you. I am his. He is mine. As if he would leave me, he is with me in the middle of the mess. They were in a mess. Everything they thought, these disciples, everything that they had banked on, everything they had put stock in, all of a sudden it's gone. It's wiped out. No longer there. And here they're walking and he appears and and begins to give them a little bit of hope. 
In Luke chapter 24, verse 29, it says this. We've read it once before, but it says, They urged him strongly, stay with us. When was the last time you urged him strongly? God, stay here. I need to be in your presence. God, I, I, I just need to stay here. God, I, I, I need you right here in the middle. I need you right here in the middle of my mess, God. Hmm. So he went and he stayed with them. You see, folks, you got to be careful when you ask Jesus in. Because if Jesus comes in, he comes in to take over. <laughs> he moves in, he comes in to take over. You see, there's nothing like a life that is Jesus wrecked. There's nothing like a life that is consumed and he has moved in and taken over. You see, God is not, God's not going to settle for just a shout out. I need some help this morning, folks. He's not going to come into the hallway of your heart and gather a bunch of blankies and make a pallet there. He's not going to do it. You see, he's going to do just like he did at Cleopas' house that we just read about. He's going to move into the kitchen. He's going to move right into the kitchen. He's coming to your kitchen. And a lot of folk are like my wife when she's cooking dinner, and I go in and try to help her, and she says, Get out of here. Get out of my way. You're making a mess. Get out of here. And Jesus is saying, I want to move in to the kitchen. Come on, because the kitchen is where he gets right in the middle of every ingredient of your life. And he says, I want to move in. I don't want to just be over here in the hallway. I'm not just going to settle for this little shout out. I want to move in to your life. I want to be right in the middle of every ingredient of your life. And watch what Jesus does when he walks in to the house of, uh, of Cleos. He, he says, when he was at the table with him, verse 30, he took the bread, gave thanks for the bread, or blessed the bread. Then he broke it, and then he gave it away. He walks in like he owns the place. He sits down at Cleopas' table, and he didn't ask. He took the bread. He took it. <laughs> Remember this in his house. And he goes in. And he just sits down at the kitchen table and he takes the bread. And then he starts doing his thing. I love you this morning, but I feel like a man with a mission today. God is not going to come and move into your life and be on standby. He's not going to be on standby for when I'm ready to go to church Sunday morning. Those of you listening on the internet, I hope you heard that. He's not going to be on standby for when you think you need him. He's just not going to move in and, and be on standby for when you can work him into your busy schedule. I love you, church. I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah, yeah. I, 
started thinking about it. So many Christian folks, they think of Jesus as a, a five-hour energy drink. Oh, I need a little Jesus juice to get me through this one. I, I, I need a little boost here, God. These girls at work gone crazy, and I need some help. I need you now, Jesus. Come on now. I'm having a bad day, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a little, little prayer. Give me some, Jesus. Oh, maybe then I'll pray when all hell broke, breaks loose and, and, and I need you. I'm going to pray then, Jesus. Folks, when Jesus comes into your life, you know my prayer has been every morning this, this week when we met for prayer? I have been praying for this house that there will be some folks that will grab this. And there'll be some folks that gravitate to this and, and, and they get a little radical in the house. Two people caught that. I have prayed. This community, they don't need another dead, dry church. They need to see Jesus alive inside of you. They, they, help me, Father. I have prayed that somebody will get this. And get Jesus right in the middle of the ingredients of their life. And quit thinking that he's there just to be on standby for when you need him. That they will get a little excited about Jesus coming in. Because when you let him move in and take over, you will then know what true freedom, true peace, true joy. You'll know what it's all about then. You won't come in here going, the cross has no final word. Oh, that's pretty, Audrey. No, that will crank your tractor and you'll be like, yeah, it did. Yes, it has. Yes, it will. God help me, I didn't want to be a cheerleader. Jesus came into the house and he took over. He took over. He sat down and just came in that bread, took the bread. And just started, he blessed it and started breaking it. Basically, he's saying this morning, today's the day of salvation, and I'm taking over. I want to take over your thoughts. I want to take over your imaginations. I want to take over your desires. You see, folks, salvation is total surrender. Mm. Mom, I'm starting to feel that anointing I felt as a very young man. You remember when we went to Manchester, Tennessee, and that little old community? I walked in, man, they were dead, dry, looked at us like we were a bunch of knuckleheads that had just escaped a mental institution. But we dug in and we began to pray. And I'm telling you, before we left, there was a 90-year-old man that looked at me, and I felt like he was trying to shoot me in the spirit and kill me and get me out of there. But by the time we left Sunday night, we'd been there all weekend. That joker up here dancing and having a good old time in Jesus. I've been praying for that same spirit to hit Hit this house and you get a little joy because you surrender and you let him move in. Let him move in. God, folks, God, Jesus didn't go to the cross to just be a part of your life. If God gets in your life, he's going to get up all in the middle of it. 
That's why we're talking about the middle. He's going to get all in the middle of it. He's going to be the middle of your focus. He's going to be the middle of everything you do. God's going to get up in the middle. He's going to change the contacts in your iPhone. He's going to change the friends that you have on your social media. He's going to change what you do on a Friday and Saturday night at 1130. You let him get up in the middle of your life. He, he's not just going to wait till you get to church on Sunday morning and bless you with goosebumps. He's going to bless you every single day. You've got him in the middle of it. God, God wants... Ooh, somebody help me in the house. You see, I'm praying for some fire to fall and consume some of you folk. Or I'm praying that God moves some folk in with some fire. Yeah, I'm just going to be blunt. We've played games. You've played games way too long. Okay, I love church. I love hanging out with the people of God. I love being there. It's time to get in. It's time to get all in. It's time to say, God, I want you all in the middle of it. Your, 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 relation, your marriage relationship on the rocks, get Jesus in the middle of it. Let him in the middle of it. Your finances, Rocky, get Jesus in the middle of it. Your health, Rocky, get Jesus in the middle of it. You need to hear a testimony? Come see me after church. I'll tell you all about it. Get him in the middle of it and watch what he does because it's in the middle where the victory is won. It's in the middle of it where you win. Jesus didn't ask permission. He just walked into the kitchen and took over. He takes Cleo's bread. He takes Cleo's, oh, come on now. He takes it, and he blesses it, he breaks it, and then he gives it. And when he gives the bread, which he had broke, which he, he had also blessed, which is also the bread he took. When he takes your life, he blesses your life. You wonder why some folks have a joy? unspeakable and full of glory it's because Jesus is in the middle Jesus is at the center of everything they do Jesus is right there Jesus is and with the same hands that he blesses your life you got to remember these are the same hands that must be trusted when you feel as if your life is broken I mean when your heart is in a million pieces you got to trust him yeah I need to speak this this morning because sometimes we think that we get saved and everything in life is going to be skittles and rainbows. We do. We, we, we got this mentality. I, we think that life is going to be sanitized for us. Now, I know I'm a germaphobe and I carry work stuff with me everywhere I go. And I leave the hospital every room I go by. I'm hitting the sanitizer and I get to the bottom floor. I go to the bathroom and I wash my hands. I, I, I get it. But we think that's what God's going to do for our lives sometimes. We think we get saved. and Come on now. You see, there are folks in this house, I believe wholeheartedly, you need this sermon this morning. And this sermon will help you. Because your adversary is doing everything he can to tear you up from the floor up. He wants to destroy you. And folks, you can move beyond the shadow of doubts. Somebody shout, I'm saved. I'm saved. Somebody shout, I'm still saved. I'm, still saved. 
I'm still saved. I'm saved when I'm happy. I'm saved when I'm sad. I'm like, come on now, I'm saved. I'm saved when they're with me, and I'm saved when they walk out on me. I'm saved when I'm up. I'm saved when I'm down. I'm saved when I'm blessed, and I'm saved when I'm broken, folks. Are you saved in the house? Anybody saved? Uh, you know, I'm saved when, when I'm blessed. I'm saved when I'm broken. I'm saved when I'm in the palace. I'm saved when I'm in a pit. And everywhere in between, God is with me in the middle, and we've got to get him in the middle of our lives. I was saved when it happened, and I will be saved when it's over because I'm going to be with him forever. But right now, I need him with me in the middle of it. I need him with me in the middle of when life's happening. I need him when the kids are going crazy. I need you need him when your husband acting a fool. You need come on now, women. You should have amen me real loud right there. Especially you, Regina. (laughs) You need him in the middle. You know this is not just a a moment by moment relationship with Christ. It's not just when I need him, I call on him, because. So often we think that His grace will save you and His grace will get you to heaven and we feel like we're on our own, on our own between point A and point B. You're not. Church, you're not. You see, I want to declare this morning that that same grace, that same grace, that you're going to get it. That same grace is with you right here. If you can believe and grab what I'm speaking this morning, you can leave knowing that His grace abounds and that He resides and has taken residency inside of you right in the middle of life happening. Right in the middle of it. You see, God is in a process in each and every one of our lives. We're in a process. Everybody ever been in a process? You're in a process of, of getting there from point A to point B. We're in this process, and the gift is in the middle. I know His grace was there when I got saved. I can't wait till I see Him again, and I get to heaven and get to see my son and my dad and my grandparents. I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to get there. But I need His grace in between. I need His presence in the middle when I'm dealing with life, when I'm dealing with crazy folk, when I'm dealing with them. Come on now. Anybody besides me deal with some crazy folk? I'm believing for it. They sat down to eat with Jesus, but they didn't even sit. They didn't even do what they sat down to do. Because in the middle of the process, oh, come on, they recognized who he was. In the middle of it, they begin to recognize who Christ was. I'm here to tell you, you can recognize him in the middle if you'll let him get there. If you'll put him in the midst of it and put him in the middle of it. God is in the process. I'm here to tell somebody, the gift you're looking for, it's found in the middle. It's found in the middle. His presence is in the middle. You know, I love the example of uh, in Luke chapter 23. There's this dude, that's a, he's hanging on the cross next to Jesus. And Jesus looks over at him and says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. What an awesome promise to a thief who's hanging there next to Jesus on a cross. What an, what about, but you know what? I feel like there's a better promise for you and me. We've got a greater promise. I mean, you know, that's a pretty good promise for a guy who's uh, a dying thief. 
I mean, he's hanging there dying. And you know what he thinks? Well, I might as well give it a shot. Let me try to slip in here. Let me, let me see what, if I can edge my way in there. Let me see if I can work my way through. Let me see if I can slide under the door. You know, kind of like trying to get on Noah's Ark after the wind has set sail, and he's out there, and you, the door's closed, and you're saying, hey, let me in, and you're trying to swim to him. That's what this guy did. He slid in there. And guess what? It worked. Because Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. But God has made us an even better promise. He says to us that, <laughs> he doesn't say today you're going to be with me in paradise. We may be, but it's not his promise. He says today I'm going to be with you in the process. I'm going to be with you in the process of life. In the process of you getting there, I'm going to be with you. And folks, I'm going to tell you, that's way better for me. I love the promise that I'm going to see him in paradise, but I sure love the promise of knowing he's with me every day. He's with me in the middle of every situation. Every process I go through, he's in the middle of it. You know, it's not that I only have his statement that you're going to be with me in paradise. I've got his spirit with me in the middle. We are sealed with a guarantee that you know, he's not just with me when I raised my hand or, or knelt down beside the couch and accepted him as my personal Lord and Savior. He, that was awesome. It was awesome when you got baptized and he was with you and we're all about it. We thank God for it. Mm. Folks, we're not waiting like God has left us with nothing. Jesus said, I'm leaving but I'm sending one greater to get right in the middle of your life. I'm, I, I, the Father's sending the Holy Spirit to get right in the middle of your life so that you've got what you need in the midst of all the ingredients in your kitchen to get through this thing called life. Matthew 28 and 20, he says this, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always. I'm with you always. Even to the very end, I'm with you. And so often we think, oh, I've jacked that up. I messed it up. I've done and no, he says, I'm with you. Jesus loved me when I first accepted him as a young boy. And then when I totally screwed it up in high school and college, he still loved me. He still had his hand on me. He still called me. He still used He says, put me in the middle. My grace is sufficient. I'm with you always. Have you noticed that so much of what we talk about with salvation is getting us out of here and into eternity? We focus so much on getting saved and you're ready for heaven and whoop, we're going to go, we're practice, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to get there. And so much is focused there. It's almost like this. Uh, uh, um, Cosmic Christian evacuation, if you will. That it's just, whoop, this is the answer. We're out here. We're done. Praise God. We got there. We made it. I don't want to just make it. I want him right in the middle of everything I'm doing, in the midst of everything I've got happening. I need him to get me there. You must not live in the same world I live in. You know, every morning on my way here to, to meet at six for prayer this week, I am not kidding you. Somebody ran a stop sign on Boyd's Creek and pulled out in front of me and did 15 miles an hour. Every morning. I needed him in the middle of my car. 
God, I'm going to pray, and you let this happen. Come on now. Some of you, it may not happen until you get to work. And I love the teacher, T-shirt that says, you can't fix stupid, and some of you have to deal with it. You need him in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do y'all live in the real world that I live in? We need him in the middle, not just for eternity. We need him in the middle. What about the middle? The gift is in the middle, church. I want us to look at something. Peter, he wrote two books of the Bible, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. That's a tough one, wasn't it? <laughs> but you know what? Peter knew something about the middle. You know why? Because he was in the middle of the sea, in the middle of a storm. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the sea, in the middle of a storm, here comes somebody walking towards him. Not quite sure who it is or what it is. It may be Jesus. So he cries out. He cries out in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the storm, and he says, if it's you, tell me to come. Come. He gets out of the boat in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the storm, and he does pretty good. He does good. I mean, come on now. Give some kudos to Peter. He got out of the boat. Rest of them still in there scared like a bunch of little schoolgirls. But Peter gets out of the boat. In the middle of the sea, in the middle of the storm, he gets out of the boat and he does pretty good. And by the time, oh, by the time he gets to where he's going, Jesus reached down and grabs him. Did you catch that? By the time he got to where he was going, Jesus reached down and grabbed him. You see, this is the picture of grace, of the grace to get started, of the grace that will be there in the end. But what about the middle? You missed it. You see, Peter was walking on top, on top of what could have killed him. Peter was walking. From point A to point B. And he was walking on top of what could have killed him. And all of a sudden, while walking on top of what could have killed him, the winds and the waves begin to get his attention on the left and the right. And it causes him, in what we talked about Wednesday night, to lose his focus. You see, you got to focus on the man in the middle you got to focus on the man in the middle. He loses his focus and he starts to sing. So Peter says, and he tells us all this in First and Second Peter. If you've not read it, go home and read it today. It's just a couple of pages. And he tells us sometimes you focus on what's behind you. Sometimes you're so focused and sometimes you're so concerned and, and sometimes you're so anxious about what's ahead of you that you miss the presence of God in the middle of. Because you're so focused and distracted on life itself that you lose your focus on the man in the middle. Folks, I'm trying to wrap up. Eric, you'll come on up here. Band, come on. Church, he is not the great I was. 
He is not, he is not the great I will be. However, he is the great I am. He's the great I am right in the middle. Right in the middle. His presence is just not for us to enjoy one day in heaven. His presence is here for you every single day of your life in the middle of it. It's time. Can I just be real blunt? Some of you all need to enjoy life. I'm going to bring it on down. Some of you just need to get a life to enjoy. And get Jesus right in the middle of it. Get Jesus right. Wow. And my wife's not here to warm the car up so I can head out real quick. You need to enjoy. 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 Jesus said, go and preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. How can your life reflect that the kingdom of heaven is here right now if he's not in the middle of it? If he's not in the middle of your life? If he's not in the middle of your relationship? If he... I had a couple just a few weeks ago. They came in and they said, I, I see you and your wife. 32 years of marriage. And I see how happy, how blessed. I see how you enjoy it. He said, we want that. And I just crossed my arms and kicked back in my chair. And I said, get Jesus and get a life. Put Christ in the middle of it and watch what happens. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. You get him smack in the middle of it. <laughs> He's going to shake some things up. But oh, what a ride it is. Oh, what a ride. I, I was blessed yesterday. And I, I, we, we, we took a, a little trip. And Mr. Rob, Mr. Jeep, all four, I mean, takes us. And we go through this tunnel called Nemo's Tunnel. It's probably half a mile, mile maybe. An old train tunnel that was built back in the 1800s. And you get in the middle of it and you turn your lights off and you can't see your hand right there. And we're going through it and it's probably two or three foot deep of water. We make it through and... We're enjoying, we're having a good time, and oh, Rob gets, gets to having a little too much fun. And we get a, hey, watch this. And he goes to climb this hill, and he don't make it, he backs down. He goes to do it again, backs down. He says, it ain't going to beat me. He's enjoying life. He's having fun. But he didn't listen to his wife. <laughs> because in the midst of it, he drills a tree and puts a dent in front of his Jeep Cherokee. And I got the video, if you want to hear it, you hear, Robbie! <laughs> Some of you just, you know, laughter doeth good like a medicine. Some of you just need to loosen up and enjoy and put Christ in the center of your life. Put Christ in the center of your marriage. Put Him in the center of your finances. Put Him in the center of your businesses, businessmen. Put him in the center of everything you do in life and watch the joy that follows. Let him be the main ingredient amongst all the other ingredients. 
You know, most people look at mine and Charlotte's relationship and say, it's a miracle she's kept you around this long. No, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Because he's in the middle. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, wherever you're at in life. He can be or he is in the middle of it. And I'm just going to be honest, I, 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 maybe this is just for me today. Because I need to know he's in the middle. I'm human and I face issues just like you do. All right, come on now. My kids act goofy just like yours do. Amen? And if Charlotte were preaching this, you would say my husband acts goofy just like yours does. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we close. Father, right now, I am believing for you to consume some folks this morning. I am believing for you to reignite a fire right in the middle. God, this ain't no grave service. I, I'm sick of dead, died, gray church, grave church services, God. I want you in the middle. And when you're in the middle, you can't get much more life until we get to heaven. And Father, right now, stir your people and let them know <laughs> that just like you showed up for the two disciples on the way to Emmaus, that God, you're there for them in the middle of their situation today. God, I pray that you move in and that you just mess it all up. That you come in and, Father, it's such a great mess up. It's such a great knowing that I'm not in control and you are. It's so awesome knowing that you got it. It's so awesome to know that you're carrying me. You're, you, you've got it. And, Father, this morning, let somebody know that you've got it. Just to let you in the middle of it. Just to let you there. And that way our praise can be in the middle. We can't praise in the middle if you're not there with us in the middle, God. And I'm speaking joy in this house. I'm speaking fire in this house. I'm believing, God, that there is a change about to transpire in some people's lives. Father, right now, right now, as we close out with a little praise, that God, we're going to enter in and we're going to recognize you in the middle. God, there are those in here that need to say, I surrender. I give up. I tried doing it without you as the main ingredients. I've tried to have you when I needed you. I've tried to, to place you on standby for whenever you, it comes up and you're convenient. But today, I make a decree and a declaration that you're the sinner. You're the main ingredient of my life. No longer on standby, but in the middle. In the middle, in the middle of it. God, I thank you that you sent Holy Spirit. And I don't have to wait till I get to heaven for your presence to fill my life. I don't have to wait for eternity for you to be present in my life. 
I don't have to go to a priest, God, to, to enter in on my behalf. But God, you're slap dab in the middle. And right now, whomever it may be that needs you in the middle, right now, God, reveal. Right now, bring to their attention. Right now, let them begin to see you as the main ingredient. Let their focus change off from the winds and the waves. Let their focus stay on the man in the middle with them, Father. Let their focus be seen on that fourth man today, God. In Jesus' name I pray. As they lead us in praise. As they lead us in praise. I'm just going to challenge you right now. Whomever you are, wherever you're at in life, let him be known in the middle of your life. What's your middle? What's your middle look like? What's your middle look like? Who's in the middle of it? What's the center focus? What's the main ingredients? It can change today. Today is the day of salvation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand right now for you. For you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm.